0: Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It is Tuesday, December 27th, 2016. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everyone. Shaka and I are back on the show to talk about Week 16 and all that, w- that went down in that glorious, glorious weekend. Shaka, how are you? How was your holiday weekend? My holiday was fantastic.
1: Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah to all you people out there.
0: Dude, this is, um, we definitely, a lot of things came to light. We're going to talk about a lot of topics today, a lot of key things, you know, most notably we're going to go over Derek Carr's injury. I think that's one of the biggest stories from this past weekend. I mean, aside from the entire Aof- AFC playoff picture being decided, aside from most of the NFC playoff picture being decided, uh, I mean, I think these injuries kind of, overshadowed a lot of what took place. But there you know, there's certainly a lot of things to go into. Um, we're going to cover this stuff. Uh, but, uh, Shaka, um, are you down to start us off with uh, with a topic? I think I am. Um, okay. Now, mind you, this of... is t- Shaka has not shared this topic with me. I am totally, everyone, I'm as surprised as you are. Shaka, what are you going to hit us with? I think I intentionally
1: went completely off the mark on this one because we both were on those with the Giants last week. Okay. Okay. Um, This week, I'm going to talk about losing.
0: Okay. Um, I thought about that same topic, but I ended up not going with that. But continue.
1: Conceptually speaking, um, i played a lot of sports in high school, and I consider myself a pretty competitive person. So anyone who's played sports understands how hard it is to lose. Especially how hard it is to lose when you're competitive, and you're in the game, and you guys just lose. Now, you take that context, and you imagine that you're an absolute loser for an entire season of football. Yeah. Now you add on to that context that you're a professional athlete who's used to winning, used to accolades and trophies and awards, and you're a loser on the professional level mm. for an entire NFL season of football. Mm. Um of course, obviously now we're talking about the Browns who won their first game this weekend mm-hmm. against the San Diego Chargers. Uh I really had to kind of sit down and conceptualize because often on all through the year, I kind of follow the Browns with this kind of morbid curiosity, mm-hmm. and I had to just look at Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, Ugh. and just wonder, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, dude. He took over to the team a few years ago. I think it was 2013. I can't remember anymore. Mm-hmm. But ever since he's taken over, he's approached this thing like a businessman, which uh, obviously... And the results alone, I think they've lost 32 or 31 out of the last 34, 35 games. Jeez. Which is a staggering number. But then you look behind those numbers, and it's not just because the teams are bad. It's because the decision-making obviously has to come, you know, everything has got to come from the top, and the decision-making has been absolutely shit. Yeah. Now, the Browns are the lowest payroll in the NFL. You're not going to win if you don't have top-quality players, and if you're not going to pay for top-quality players... You're not going to get them. They have, I think, the most amount of draft picks actually playing on the field right now, which is between six and eight players, mm-hmm. which, you know, inexperience is going to cost you not only points, but wins. And well, part of it is just shared dumb luck. Yeah. Or unluck, unluckiness. Uh, when you have, you, you played six to seven quarterbacks in a season, and, you, you know, your redemption project uh, of a quarterback gets injured in the first game of the season, yep. comes back, Ends up getting knocked out again for concussion. I feel bad for Robert Griffin III because he's got talent, but the fact of the matter is the guy doesn't know how to take a hit in the NFL, and he paid for it dearly in the last few years. So I that I mean from top to bottom in every conceptual way, the Browns are terrible, and I I can't help but think about them. You know, where all these teams are fighting for contention, and teams are so good neck and neck, and we're having trouble making picks every week and the Browns are so fucking bad that your best player is a converted uh, quarterback who's been bouncing in and out of the league, who came in from the supplemental draft, and is probably going to be a free agent at the end of the season. And I wouldn't see why the fuck he'd want to stay. Yeah. Uh, There's just so many things piling on, and I think about it, and I think my Jets are bad, and my Jets have problems, and they need to fix this and that, but the Browns is just absolutely abysmal. And now, so to get to the crux of it. Jimmy Haslam every year blows up the team. Yeah. Starts from scratch, coaching, you know, new coaching stats, gonna rework this thing. Draft picks, he's gonna get it back on track. But his indecisions, I think, are really just compounding. You know what we see on the field, and I think this year toward the end, he he backs Hugh Jackson all the way, saying that he's not making any changes, he's not getting rid of Hugh Jackson. And he just recently had a, a, a staff meeting with, you know, all of management and personnel. And he's kind of accepted the blame for a lot of, you know, the, the the poor winning culture in Cleveland. And he's promised to not interfere. And like he did when uh, they picked Johnny Manziel mm-hmm. as their, you know, their, their top pick their quarterback. And look how that's turned out. But yeah. um, He's promised not to interfere. He's promised to kind of let the, you know, The personnel who know what they're doing handle everything. Um, And we can only hope that it doesn't result in next year. Having your team so relieved, not even happy, relieved that your head coach is not crying like a baby because he won his first game in the second or last game of the
0: season. Yeah, it's... You know, you really said it. And and the Browns, you know, part of what you said, you know, listen, sometimes there's an unluckiness. Sometimes you just get injured. You take a rough hit when... You know, and there's, there's some of that that goes into it, but you can't deny what you said. There's, there's an institutional dysfunction that's going on that goes all the way to the top with the owner. Um, you know, I think about how he cleans house, and I always thought it was funny how I, I feel like a lot of organizations in the NFL, they usually give a GM or a coach three years. Three to four years is kind of this good sound. They're like, "Listen, we got to give you a year or two to see if you can actually make something out of this." And we understand the first year is going to be rocky. You know, the Browns—they've kind of marqueed this two-year thing. Like one or two years, they will fire a GM, they'll fire a coach, they'll fire—they'll get rid of a quarterback, they'll get rid of a player. I mean, they really do things so quickly and sporadically. And then to have—you can't just accidentally miss on so many quarterbacks you can't accidentally keep making bad draft picks like that's something that goes all the way back to how you're scouting it's how you're coaching um I mean and uh, I don't necessarily think the talent isn't there I think you know Joe Thomas is probably one of the best left tackles to ever play football and he's been playing on this Browns team for the last what 12 seasons now and I think so yeah And he's been rotting in hell. He'll probably be a Hall of Fame tackle. But the institutional just dysfunction of this franchise. And there's some type of weird curse going on. And, I mean, I hate to, you know, throw that word around. I know in sports that's sort of a very frightening term. uh, But something happened when this team moved to Baltimore and they kind of got this new Browns. It's sort of like I've almost seen them referred to as like the zombie Browns. This kind of bizarro... (laughs) Pet cemetery version of the Cleveland Browns where it's like they look the same, they sound the same, the colors, everything's the same, but they are not the same. They really, everything that they can do wrong, they really do wrong. And um, you just hope that one year they'll kind of stick with the personnel, stick with the people, and try to try to have faith in somebody who can do it right. I really do think Hugh Jackson is a smart enough coach that he can cultivate enough talent to do things right because there are you know you know franchises can turn around you know the yeah, Raiders absolutely. are the Raiders are turning around like you just get enough good people there who know what they're doing and the wins will come but you're right man the Browns something something is wrong
1: I think one of the best examples of that is I look at Marvin Lewis yeah who's the head coach of the Bengals who I remember when he started I, I think every year for like the first three years three or four years, everyone was pretty much, well, this is it. This is You know, he's done. He's he's always on the hot seat. Yeah. And, you know, a few things clipped in place. The face. They got Andy Dalton, and all of a sudden, you know, he's getting conversation talk about, you know, coach of the year. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's no more doubt. And even now, it's kind of his job to give up where they're asking him if he's going to retire at the end of the season. And yeah. It's not a question of whether he's going to be fired, you know. Yeah. But, it's, again, it's kind of... Picking the pieces, and you have to be some kind of commitment to it. You have to follow through. You can't just roll the dice and hope that you know this fucking shit team you put together is going to put asses in the seats. They're talking about brown tickets going, you know, for six dollars a pop.
0: Yeah, and and, so I, and you, know, you know that's the biggest thing. You know the owners are feeling that that you know yeah. that he doesn't want to be. These guys, these, these, are, these are rich owners who, who I think, you know, at a certain point, money is not necessarily the... Listen, they care about a bottom line and about turning a profit, but I think there's a degree of embarrassment. There's a degree of, you know, you don't want to be that guy who is like your team is the laughing stock It makes me think a little bit of the Sixers and what they did with Sam Hinkie You know, the biggest sort of fallout from that was the, 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 the interpretation by the public. This idea of, process. you know, you guys are kind of these wealthy investors who now own a team and you're treating it like a business. You're not treating it like there's this, you know, with that statement, there's an inherent understanding of this doesn't function like a business. This is this right. this is different. There's people, there's athletes, there's something about chemistry on a field with players playing together that is something you can't kind of put on a spreadsheet.
1: I think that's absolutely hit the, the nail in the head. Where you, you have to make a choice. You can either choose, you can either run it as a business, or you can run it as you're trying to be the best team in sport. Yeah, and-, and I think Hazlum went with the, you know, he went with the former for three or four years, and I think he's finally looking at it not only in terms of wins and losses, but he's looking at the bottom line and you know he's shitting the bed. You want to make money. You want to have a successful franchise. You have to spend money. You have to spend money on free agents. You can't have reclamation projects and hope that they work out. Especially when everyone else in the NFL is already doing their best in scouting and they're spending money on personnel. You have to kind of... You got to get all in. You got to get your feet wet.
0: Yeah, and and you need to be more strategic about this. Like, understanding... Hopefully, someone in that front office is starting to understand... You can't go sign people. You truly need to build. There's not enough street-free agents out there to fill your roster. You need guys that you are grooming, guys who are on your practice squad one year, and then they're on your special team squad the next year, and then they're backing up the starters, and then they could be a starter. Like, this is a long con here. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, it's, it, uh, it's, it's frustrating. And you
1: and I can sit here and talk about it. The moves they need to make and where they need to kind of freaking take things there. It's yeah. Just one of the, you know, I think they just really have to look at it at the end of the day, just look at the franchise that's uh, successful and see, you know, I, I and again, like I, I think right now, I don't want to say the trend, but I think without question, the, the NFL right now is it's a passing game. Yes, it's a quarterback game all well. And the first thing you really need to do, since you've had six or seven injured quarterbacks this season, is focus on getting Joe Thomas out. Yeah, building up the offensive line in the draft. And, I mean, you, from there, you can kind of go wherever else you'd like to go. And they're going to have the first pick of the draft this year. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to have quite a few picks if they even negotiate that down to a lesser pick. So I think they really need to kind of... I
0: mean, do you think that... Do you, with the number one overall pick, do you take an offensive tackle?
1: I would say you've you got to work an offense. on absolutely. I, I think the defense in and of itself isn't got awful It's not amazing either, but you got to kind of have some stability on the offensive side of the game for anything else to kind of really take shape. And they're, they're, they're awful on offense. They The last, I think, eight games, they've scored 14 points or less. Wow. They have nothing going on on offense. Their running game is horrendous. And I think, you know, the, just the fact that Threll Pryor is close to 1,000 yards receiving is the only person clear cut on a pace for 1,000 yards. It's just, that's all he has. Mm-hmm the only piece they have and he's, he's had to deal with it from six or so quarterbacks this year. And, seven and the cupboard is
0: dry, like, they don't have draft picks, like this is truly, you know, Hugh Jackson, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna take time. It's a, yeah, it's a deep hole to kind of climb out of, but
1: at least there has to be stability in terms of, you know, knowing when to back off in terms of Jimmy Haslam mm-hmm. and knowing where to start and, this uh, you know the, the yearly rebuild process so hopefully they can make it stick this year well
0: I truly hope that they keep these the front office and the people intact let's keep this coaching staff I think there's some things to feel promising about you know there's definitely hope for next season and I mean listen they're at rock bottom thank God they avoided the 0-16 mark stigma yeah they can they can look forward to at least trying to you know trying to hit a home run with this draft Let's. Ho- I just. I have a lot of faith in Hugh Jackson's ability to not swing and miss on this stuff. And
1: you gotta give it some time and some focus, some serious focus. You know,
0: a couple of good draft picks. You know, all of a sudden, maybe you get five or six wins in a season, and there's a few things to feel positive about. And absolutely, the sooner they find a quarterback, the better, the quicker that'll happen.
1: But that's the eternal game. Everyone's Dude, looking for a quarterback.
0: everybody's point, looking for so. that quarterback. Maybe Tony Romo. Maybe Tony Romo!
1: Maybe Tony
0: Romo will go to the Cleveland Browns. Wouldn't that be something? Dude, I mean, Hugh Jackson, Tony Romo, I I can see, you know, good. It it makes me think about, you know, football connections. I don't know if these two guys are connected, but they're two very talented football minds. And sometimes it's the intangibles like that that makes all the difference. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers. He's kind of one guy, but I think he's swaying that entire Packer team right now. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so do you want me to pivot a little bit to my topic here?
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see what you got for me.
0: Well, I I thought about a few things. I did think about talking about a, a losing team. I kind of wasn't as inspired, uh, but I I I was bouncing around a couple of options. Thought about talking about the Cowboys and how Dak Prescott put on an absolute show last night on Monday Night Football yeah. in a game that really meant everything for the Lions and nothing to the Cowboys. It looked like <laughs> Dak Prescott played as, be, as the best football he's played all season. I mean, my God. How lifeless did
1: the Lions look last dude, day, by the way? I, I mean... They just, they looked, I, I said they look like they're out of gas in the last, maybe, They last had
0: a, they, they had a game plan in the first half. They, they went down the field and they scored some touchdowns, but then in the second half, it's like they were really playing peewee football next to some pros. Yeah, I... I
1: I just uh, have no good things. I don't have good feeling or good vibe about that
0: Lions team, especially going into the end of the season Ooh. now. Well, here we we'll hold off. We have a, we're gonna we're gonna discuss that topic later. Yes. Yeah. Um. I'm 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 preluding long long form into my topic, which is uh, I thought about some of these teams and I said, you know what? Let's give. There's a couple teams that deserve a shit ton of attention, but let's give some attention to the Atlanta Falcons. I I wanted to talk about just what they've done this year and how they could be this sort of sneaky Super Bowl pick that's kind of going under the radar. And and this happens a lot in the NFL. There's so many stories. There's so many popular topics. You know, Dallas is truly the Cinderella of this year. They are the bell of the ball. They've been the, on the, the on the edge of everybody's lips. Dak Prescott, the Ezekiel Elliott, I don't even need to go into it. Like, in some ways, I was like, I, I kind of wanted to talk about the offensive line and, and this whole precedent, everything about it. But I was saying, you know what? No. Let's talk about another team that is doing almost nearly unprecedented things on offense and is also pretty tenacious on defense and could very easily sneak into the Super Bowl in the Atlanta Falcons. You got Matt Ryan carving out an MVP season, putting up fantastic numbers, keeping his turnovers down, certainly a turnaround from the last couple of seasons. So Matt Ryan, you know, arrived in this league was already a starter you know, took the Falcons to the playoffs his first couple of seasons, essentially got, you know, one game from the Super Bowl, and then they fell off, they missed the playoffs, they turned into a complete dumpster fire of a team, they fire Mike Smith, they bring in Dan Quinn, um, and now you're seeing kind of this rebuilding. There was this weird, mysterious sort of rebuilding that happened last year where they got hot and then they kind of tanked. Um, But now this year... The defense is not coming around as quickly as Dan Quinn would think. You know, he came from Seattle. There was this belief that he was going to create this Seahawks defense down in Atlanta. I don't really think he's done that, but they've got some strong defensive players. Vic Beasley really kind of showed up and had a little bit more of, you know, an impressive big step in his first to second season. Um, You know, the secondary has been dangerous there, and you see them being opportunistic off turnovers. And then what What I think really needs to be noted here, and, and going back to the offense, is the offense has been so prolific. So many points yeah. that they're able to put up. And this, this can't be discredited when you think about who they're going to have to play because think about them playing the Cowboys in a divisional game or an NFC championship game. Can the Cowboys outscore the Falcons? Now, I think they can. But if if the Falcons play the Cowboys three out of every five times, I think the Falcons outscore them. And now defensively, who's got a better defense, Atlanta or Dallas? I don't really know if either one of them stands out as having a particularly strong defense, but I could see Atlanta being disruptive enough that they could slow down uh, Dak Prescott enough and maybe mess up his timing. That they could then get them into a situation where they're outscoring Dallas, and all of a sudden, Dak Prescott has to have a fourth quarter game winning drive where they're down by four, and he's got to score a touchdown. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So Atlanta scares me a little bit because now you got Julio Jones, though he's been injured, they've still managed to put up monster numbers with Taylor Gabriel. Taylor Gabriel, who's shown to be a bigger offseason pickup than Mohamed Sanu. And they got these – Austin Hooper and Justin Perkins. These guys I've never even fucking heard of are scoring for this team, not to mention Tevin Coleman and Jesus and Pads Devontae Freeman. So I I interrupted you, but I want to hear some of your thoughts about this Falcons team before I could go on for 30 minutes about them. No, well, I think think the word sneaky
1: is probably the perfect kind of summation of the soccer team, which at the beginning of the season, I think – got the attention that it was warranted because uh, they, just, the offense was just so... They were they, you know they were relentless. They were on top of everyone. They relentless. were putting up big numbers. And you'd
0: be seeing these big plays, like these 50-yard runs by Tevin Coleman. These, and these... they were
1: beating you in every conceivable way. Mm-hmm. That was the thing that was kind of surprising me. It wasn't just, you know, Julio Jones being unstoppable, which he is at any given point. Probably, uh, I think, pound for pound, when he's healthy, is... The best wide receiver, the hardest to defend wide receiver, because he's big, he's strong, great hands, and mm-hmm. he's actually got speed for his size. Mm-hmm. So I, I think right off the bat, you're at a handicap when you've got to face off with a guy like that. I think one of the things that probably we can classify the Falcons as sneaky is Matt Ryan. He's yeah. just, i don't want to say—he's got it. He, he
0: has got it though. He's got like I—he's yeah. got that swagger, man.
1: Even when he was drafted, I remember he came from BC and he, you know, at BC he put up solid numbers, nothing, you know, historic. But I think even when he came in as a rookie, he did exceptionally well and he got credit. But I don't think anyone talked about, you know, just how remarkable, you know, it was for him to be put in that kind of position. And he's done the same thing every year, every year. I think last year he kind of underperformed a degree. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I think that was an overall, just overall looking at the defense or the, sorry, the offense. Uh, mm-hmm. Which this year, I mean, God, uh, is Kyle Shanahan? Is he the offensive coordinator? I I he believe he,
0: yeah, I believe he is. He's they're probably, already talking about. Gonna be, he's he's going to be interviewing for a coaching job. Back today. I mean, you know, I don't mean a little bit of breaking news, which which hit the presses today. I'm sure we're both aware of this. The Buffalo Bills fired Rex and Rob Ryan. Yes. And they're uh, they're I, talking I, about yeah. Kyle Shanahan might be up for that Bills job, and you know, I could see why.
1: That's interesting. Um, that. I, I think it's funny. I, I, I don't want to segue too much away from the Falcons. but That's a, Well, here, we'll,
0: we'll come back. Let's put a pin in the Falcons for a second. There's Let's come yeah. back to him. Go, go.
1: So this situation with the Bills, um, I think, well, it was a foregone conclusion that Rex Ryan was going to be fired at the end of the
0: season. Yeah, yeah. I mean.
1: I, what was going to happen, I think, was that they were going to let him uh, play out the season, especially because they're facing the Jets the final week of the season. They were going to let him have his quote-unquote like you know, revenge game.
0: Yeah. Especially the, since the Jets are kind of down in their luck right now, and
1: it, it, if anyone who's been watching football sees eighty two two go at it, they're gonna you take the Bills. Smart man takes the Bills. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's final game of the season. I think they're gonna let him have it. And up until the point where he announced, despite all these injuries we've had with quarterbacks, you know, this past weekend, he despite all this happening, he still announced that Tyrod Taylor was gonna be. Uh, his uh, starting quarterback for this weekend, and I think that was what made uh, management pump their brakes. One, because I think they have um, some incentive-based clauses
0: yep, yep. in Tyron
1: Taylor's contract, and I think if he'd gotten injured, um, it would have thrown a monkey wrench in the plan. So mm-hmm. I think at that point, they, they pumped the brakes, they went forward and fired him immediately, because the other announcement is that E.J. Manuel is starting this weekend against the Jets.
0: Yeah, oh boy, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that, yeah, that makes
0: a lot Tyron of sense, man. Injured.
1: So I think they decided to kind of speed up what was going to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. So
0: that's I, uh,
1: I, the bills. The bills are an interesting team to say the yeah, least. Yeah, and they there had a been lot a
0: there had been a lot of discussion about how there was there was tension between Rex Ryan and the front office.
1: So yeah, I, I you know of course Rex. I think that's it for Rex in terms of being a head coach. Yeah, anywhere. that's
0: what they're talking about, and I mean it's true. He's he's a pretty he's a loudmouth guy. I think he brings something to the team, but. Uh, the truth is his last two stops have ended in turmoil he's a very tumultuous personality and yeah. he he hasn't really been able to deliver on a lot of the things that we know him to cuz okay before he came and took over the jets he was known as a, as this great defensive coordinator with the Baltimore Ravens that's really where you know he kind of got this reputation and so he comes in as the jets and he has these two Brilliant seasons where he 0-9 and twenty ten where he takes Mark Sanchez one game from the Super Bowl and you know I've I've read about that a lot I've looked into it a lot and I remember those years you know we I was in New York at the time you were as well you know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that was pred- This is in my personal opinion. There was a lot of veterans who were on those Jets teams early on. You know, there was a lot of offensive linemen who I think were on the Patriots. Wasn't Damian Woody on that team? There was, was. there was a bunch of these key guys who were all kind of really solid championship caliber players who kind of came. To the Jets for like a year or two, and it kind of all came together like lightning in a bottle. And Mark Sanchez was there for the, and it was his rookie year. So, you know, he kind of was buoyed by all the talent around him. Rex Ryan was buoyed by all the talent on the Jets. And, you know, he got them almost to the Super Bowl. But then those free agents leave. You start drafting new people. The drafts don't go nearly as well. They bring in free agents, they don't work out as well. The defense, again, the defense started to sag. Then he gets fired by the Jets. And then he comes to Buffalo. And I already read a story on The Ringer, Bill Simmons' website today, about how the thing you're supposed to guarantee Rex Ryan to do is improve your defense. And that's what didn't happen with Buffalo. The defense went down the toilet once he arrived. And, you yeah, know, and Jim Schwartz, Mister, my defensive coordinator for my Eagles, he was the one who was coaching the defense for the Bills when they were, like, third in the league right before Rex Ryan showed up and flushed him down the toilet.
1: Well, I guess the first thing the putting in that one. Um, I think it's funny. Uh, you, you, you make a great point when you talk about just the timing when Rex Ryan came into town and just the talent that they had on that Jets team. I really... And to this day, and it's one of those things where you know I'm a diehard Jet, where mm-hmm. I, for me, the, the crux and kind of the beginning of the end was um, Chris Jenkins, uh, yep. the defensive tackle who we gotten from the
0: Panthers. Yep, yep. He tore his ACL. We've like, talked about this before for good reason, too, because it was yeah, a huge that was turning point. That was
1: beginning of the end. And I mean, that Jets defense was so prolific, and you could not run the football on them, and he put so much pressure up. And he just got in your face, and he would blitz, and I think about forty percent of plays. Mm-hmm. And he just—I mean, there were teams that really didn't have an answer for the defense. We still couldn't get together so much offensively, but the defense was enough to carry that squad, you know, to, to playoff contention. Yeah. And once Chris Jenkins went down the next year, and that was pretty much the, the run defense fell apart. Yep. You know, the, the squad got exposed,
0: and and I want to I want to feel like yeah. wasn't Jim Leonard on that team? Remember Jim Leonard? Who uh he like brought over from the Baltimore Ravens like you know he yeah, brought the over team, these he? he brought yeah. over these guys you know who were good when he when they arrived but two three seasons in their play started to fall off and they they made a couple of whiffs who the hell Golston wasn't it Vernon Golston or when,
1: Vernon Golston was one who they drafted and was going to be this big time like, and he,
0: a, he was he was a linebacker. huge bust.
1: Good. Um, and yeah, and of course, we had a couple uh cornerbacks that we drafted, you know, first round cornerback picks that never ended up really kind of developing at the same, you know,
0: it wasn't a that we're I want to say before. D. Milliner, but D. Milliner was later, right?
1: D. Milliner, no, you're, I think you're right. D. Milliner, uh, it was either right around the time Rex left or right after he left, but D.
0: another D. example on. of these, these secondary players, you know, just whiffs, whiffs on the yeah. draft, which which killed them, killed them because then. You know, guys like Santonio Holmes disappear. Uh, you know, he, they. I think they had Plexico Burris around that time. Like, yes. you know, these things happen. These flashy names start coming. It was, dude, it's the old New York two-step. But, and this
1: goes to management as well. We're going to be looking at in a scenario. Where I'm not surprised if it happens. You know, and, and we we're might com- be looking to pick up a Tony Romo in the offseason. And
0: we're coming back to this discussion about management and coaching. In some regard, I think the coaches and, and how – long they stay in a position are reflect are one of the more direct one-to-one correlations between the owner and front office and what he thinks about his team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, listen, Jimmy Haslam's going to fire someone every two years, whereas Cincinnati Bengals, Marvin Lewis might have a tough year, but they're like, we're going to hang tight. You know, the Pittsburgh yeah, Steelers, it's not that, an accident uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers have had four coaches in the last 60 years.
1: Also kind of funny that um, we had this weekend... We had Terry Bradshaw criticizing, Dude. And questioning. I, just amazing to me. Just absolutely
0: amazing. That almost that almost feels like like some type of member of the Skulls Brotherhood. Like you know, criticizing like a you know a a, a brother or something in like the, the the chamber, the smoking chamber. It's like it's they should kind
1: of reaching, Just I, I really. Uh... I just did not understand. Yeah, it was it was it was mind boggling. I think a lot of people scratched their heads, I mean, but they kind of gave him the respect because of Terry Bradshaw. I
0: mean, I got I, listen. I'm going to be real with you. Terry Bradshaw is old and going crazy now. And if you ever watch him on <laughs> Fox now, he's, yeah, he's they of, have he's, him do he's, the, he's, the replays. Wrestling broadcast. Dude, they so like old. make fun of him during the replays because he screws up names. He screws up team names. He screws up guys' names. He screw, He'll be like the Buccaneers with a long touchdown. Terry, that's the Rams game. Oh the Rams so uh this is a Chared Kauf with a with a 3 yard touchdown okay that like it cuts away early it's
1: just the guy who's worn out as well Yeah he they're
0: kind matter. of throwing him a bone cuz cuz he's fucking yeah. he's fucking Terry Bradshaw <laughs> The guy amazing. won four Super Bowls 40 years ago I mean you got it. Meanwhile,
1: the Steelers the Steelers have never looked more dangerous Oh my
0: god um but here okay so I'm going to come full circle bring it back to my Falcons not my Falcons my topic of the Falcons. Uh so um Matt Ryan to come to bring us back to we're going to sum this up. So Matt Ryan I really you nailed it man. I think that sometimes when the pieces around him aren't playing as well he suffered. And we saw that in those seasons when the Falcons were really poor like you know those offensive pieces disappeared Michael Turner disappeared they didn't really have an heir apparent in the running back uh, situation, you know, they kind of, they kind of happened on Devontae Freeman. I don't think they were fully ready for Devontae Freeman to be the man. You know, it just kind of no, happened don't think last year. I Freeman mean, was that, good. that was why they drafted Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman was kind yeah. of supposed to be all right. He's this higher draft pick. He's going to be the guy who's going to carry the ball for us. You know, and Tony Gonzalez retires. It was, and you know, they lose Roddy White. You know, he sort of. Aged out of his ability now, yeah. They've got they brought these new pieces in. There's there's the Sanu and the Taylor Gabriel. They've got a running game. They've got uh, tight ends and coming back to their offense, something I really need to focus on, which I we ne- nobody ever gives credit to, but I'm going to now. Offensive line play, they brought yeah. in Alex Mack from the Cleveland Browns, who's arguably the best center in the league.
1: Was he the first? year for the Browns. Like he was, like, top three, I think.
0: He was um, top three, I think. I'm going to look it up right now, but I I can tell you that this guy, I mean, monster good player, but he's, you know, he's a center. He's an offensive lineman. You're yeah. sure, you're sure and, not going to see his jersey sales being in the high ranking, but the, the effect that he has on the 2009 round one, pick number 21. 21, okay. 21 geez. by the Cleveland Browns. And, I mean, just... So good, and then this guy comes in. He brings up, like, the running game improves, the passing game improves. Every single thing about uh, the offense exploded this year, which is kind of funny when you're thinking about a Dan Quinn coach team where you're supposed to be expecting the defense to kind of shine. Instead, he's created this prolific offense, which, to summarize once again, which we said earlier, you said sneaky, sneaky dangerous. Like, I could see them... Sneaking by the Seahawks this time around, you know I I the know Seahawks, that yeah, exactly. I know they lost Seahawks. to the Seahawks earlier this year, but they gave them a run for their money. This is the same team that beat the Denver Broncos. This is the same team that you know was in it with uh, uh you know some really really and and lost clunky games. You know weird clunky yeah. losses. They lost to the Eagles. Um, you know I think they lost to the Buccaneers in Week One, but I mean I now they're kind of hot right when they need to be hot, and you gotta. I don't. I don't think we can sleep on the Atlanta Falcons, and I think Matt I think Ryan. Now that Derek Carr is hurt, Matt Ryan might be our MVP. I'd
1: say at any given point that this Atlanta team just—they they score in bunches. Is what it is. They can torch you. You, they, you can end the first quarter with some up three touchdowns, and you know they might go quiet for a quarter or two. But it's just the volatility. They're still just that dangerous because they have so much talent. Just Devonta Freeman. Uh, alone uh, is a beast. Mm-hmm. Kevin Coleman would be starting on any other NFL team at mm-hmm. running back, absolutely, just because he, you know, he's multi-talented. He can catch it out of the backfield as well and burn you from that position on a screen pass. Taylor Gabriel can do the same. He, he's had a couple of run plays, some big run plays for him, even on that team. Kind of reminds me a little bit of a uh, Tyree Kill, but just not as uh, as fast. But mm-hmm. again, so many weapons that they can hurt you with, and I think uh, I, I read, I've only skimmed it a little bit, but just. The, the offense is, is bordering on, like, historically good, which is mind-boggling to me when you think about how many other teams have just, you know, Tom Brady's had, uh, you know, yeah. broken quarterback touchdown records, you know, Peyton Manning broken touchdown records, and they're still considering this one of the best offenses. Yeah, ever
0: when when you're considering the what they're being compared to, it's like, wait a minute, w- w- this year's Falcons? How is
1: possible? Yeah, exactly. And it, just, it does not seem to make sense, but lo and behold, here we are.
0: Dude, it's uh something something to be noted. I had to uh, I had to give it its its due. Um, all right, I don't think we need to talk anymore about the Falcons. Let's talk about Derek Carr. Uh, this is this is big news. This is really big news. I just wanna, I just wanna, you know, I uh, Shaka and and by the way, my wife Campbell. She says hello. She loved. It. By the way, everyone out there, Campbell loves Shaka. Big fan of the Shaka. Um, That's an old, old and dear friend of mine. Oh, her I said hello. I, I absolutely will. I always, I always have to, always have to tell Shaka she says hi. Um, but uh, she comes up right now because I was saying to her uh, just earlier today, and really also yesterday, ever since the Derek Carr injury came out, that I feel very strongly about injuries in sports. It is very painful to me to see someone get injured and to not be able to compete. To simply sit there and be like, you know. I, ju- I would I want to see them play and compete with against each other. It just pains me to see them in a suit or a, a jacket on the sideline and just not even. And when you think of how a huge player like contributes to their team, how much of a difference that team is when you take the player away. You know when Dwayne Wade is hurt and isn't playing on that team, that team is huge. You know if LeBron James is not playing it's a big difference. When you take Tom Brady off of the Patriots and he doesn't play, it's a totally different team. And I wanted to see Derek Carr and this Raiders team go into the playoffs this year. And I wanted to see the excitement, the potential from this year to see Derek Carr blossom the way he has to be a true MVP candidate, not a joke, but a true real candidate with a team that is 12 and three with the numbers he's put up in his third year to see everything sort of rise around him, the wide receivers, the offensive line, the run game, the defense, the Khalil Mack, everything they're doing is clicking in the right ways. And for them to be a dangerous component in this playoff and to possibly steal this Super Bowl, I feel like all of that was really just blown away like like sand in, my, in the palm of my hand with that one play where he got sacked and he broke his leg. And now it's just like, I feel like they're going to be a lame duck person. It's going to be a, a shoulda, woulda, coulda. They'll go down as just another one of those teams, as you know, like when Andy Dalton broke his thumb last year and all of a sudden A.J. McCarron was starting. Or, <laughs> you know, like um, who the, Matt Schaub. Or, I'm trying to think of a few other people who got hurt, like, you know, in the final game of the season where it just – you know, Levy and Bell has missed the last two playoff playoff runs for the Pittsburgh Steelers because he got hurt, like in week seventeen or something like that. It just yeah. it stings so much and so much more because of the the potential and the opportunity that Oakland you know has. Although I, Oakland had because I really I just can't see them going all the way to a to a championship with Matt McGloin under center. Give, tell me your thoughts.
1: Uh, well, this is not in defense of Matt McGloin, but he's been with the team, I think, since 2012, 2013, and they've held on to him because they like him. They think, you know, they think he's got some talent, and obviously they could have gone out and picked up some other, you know, backup in free agency. Mark Sanchez. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you can do a lot worse, but they they have confidence in him. Granted, he's not Derek Carr by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I, you know, look. No matter what happens, that was a gigantic blow. That's that's literally the sail coming down, and you're trying to take a beach towel and hold it up and blow into it and hope you get the same you know, kind of momentum. It's just not going to happen. Um, and you, if you look at that plane, which I've looked at a ton of times, be, you know, they've showed it a million times on Center and wherever else you're looking. It, it was a freak play. It didn't look like much. It looked no. like maybe his no, just... ankle until you looked up close and you saw just how it twisted his foot got caught in the turf. Yeah. You know, there was no malicious intent, I think, on the guy who was trying to tackle him. Nope,
0: nope. It, was, uh...
1: it, just, it just ended up being a freak play at any given time. And, you know, people are questioning why Jack Del Rio kept him in the game for that long, you know, when they were up by so much. But at the same time, you got to look. You were playing against Andrew Luck who, you know, he yeah. made it a one-touchdown Dude, game before it was know, over. you
0: know, listen, no injury happens. No one's saying, why did you keep him in the game? The, the, guy's yeah. a, the guy is the starting quarterback for the Raiders, and the game is not over. He's going to be out there.
1: Exactly. That's the beauty of the Monday morning quarterback. It's easy to question decisions after everything is said and done. But in the moment, you know, th- that game was not over by any means. I think he got hurt with uh, ten with minutes left in the fourth. Yeah. And... Andrew Luck made his comeback in, the, you know, immediately after that. He was throwing bombs and he was throwing at the open guys.
0: Dude, and this is this so. is the NFL, man. They're gonna keep playing until the buzzer rings. And Andrew Luck is the king of comebacks, man. Like, yes. he, and you nailed it, dude. It was a freak accident. I think what was even more painful was, uh, I read a great article by Robert Mays on the Ringer where he talked about this. He actually said that um, according to the stats, Derek Carr has been the best protected quarterback in football. I mean, wow. he's been rushed and hit probably the fewest times of anybody. This was like the one time Donald Penn actually kind of like blew, you know, a cover and, and kind of got somebody free on Derek Carr. And th- that was the one hit he got hit. Like, I mean, really think about that. You nailed it. It was such a freak moment. But this that's football. That's- uh,
1: yeah, and it's, it's a tough thing to kind of stare out because we talked about just how amazing Carr's been and you know, in terms of, pulling his team from behind, and, you know, these mm-hmm. comeback victories, and, you know, he's just impeccably placed passes. Yeah. And you can't get – there's going to be scenarios where they're going to need that. Yeah. Especially in the playoffs, and they, I don't know if Matt McGregor's going to do that for them. No. You no. know, so he may surprise us all and do it, but I,
0: I, I mean, what's highly also, improbable. What's also scary is we were talking about – all throughout this season, we've been, I think, skeptical of the run game of the Raiders. And we've really kind of voiced how, you know, a lot of this goes back to Derek Carr and just his ability to throw the ball in that passing game with Crabtree and Amari Cooper. And now you're finding, you know, these other, the the slot guy, Seth Roberts. Like they've got these guys, Clive Walford and Andre Holmes. Now, I I mean, you really need to rest on the run game. What's what's positive is how diverse their run game is, how they've got Latavius Murray and they've got Jalen Richard and and. They've got Washington, is, is it DeAndre? I think it's DeAndre Washington. DeAndre Washington, yeah. You know, they've got this. You know these multiple people who they can rotate in, but, you know, I think you're going to be seeing people stacking the box when you know that Matt McGloin is not going to be throwing the ball as much as they think he's going to. I, well, I,
1: it's, it's in, we've, we've talked about how anemic the run game is, and I think there's one room for optimism is we looked and. uh DeAndre Washington had a fantastic game against the Colts.
0: He did. He really did. He had,
1: a monster, he had a monster game, really, and a couple of just big plays. And he, you know, a lot of energy, a lot of, you know, just that double move, cutting, cutting really well. Mm-hmm. And even um, Jalen Rashard had a couple of big plays, too. They, they, I mean, both backs looked great, you know, without having to worry about competition. I, I just don't know how much of a carryover we're going to get, like, can that be reproduced was this a fluke and they kind of ate up a questionably you know relatively yeah, is... good on run defense Colts defense yeah I was going to say you know, they're, they're playing the Colts here so and, you know it's, there's a lot of big questions going forward and I don't think they have any choice but to kind of go head first into this now especially because you can't put Matt McGloin in and, and say okay do everything that Derek Carr did for us yeah. it's not possible it's now, not possible to try to
0: now okay I got two questions on this and then we're going to move to the next topic one question is, what do you think the Raiders do this weekend, Week 17? Because this is an opportunity to trot McGloyne out there and actually sort of do something, maybe not show off too much. They're, they're going on the road against the Denver Broncos. Um, and then the second question I have is, can the Raiders win a playoff game? Oof, this is a tough
1: question. I would say, honestly, the Denver Broncos right now are about as vulnerable as I've ever seen them. In Absolutely. The last of years. Absolutely. Even a run defense, defense looks yeah. beatable. I would tell you to Broncos' run, it down their run defense
0: has been beatable. It's their pass defense, which is pretty dangerous, but their run defense, I mean, you can go beat them up. But
1: yeah. They, they look very human on the, run, on the ground. I would tell you to run it down their throats. Um, the, the Chiefs just did it for them. It's a great effect. I would say run it down their throats. You kind of hold McGloin because especially, you know, let's say he's a little bit shaky. Mm-hmm. You, don't want to, you don't want to send him against a, a secondary defense like the Broncos and kind of rattle his confidence going to the playoffs and have reporters in the locker room asking, you know, the coaches and him, do, do you have confidence in throwing the football after getting, you know, giving up three picks against yeah. the Broncos? And yeah, yeah, Run it yeah. down their throats. Mm-hmm. Run it down their throats, you know, kind of ease them into things. Like, you know, granted, he's, he's technically a veteran. Actual game time and game speed is far and few in between. But him, give him, so but I, give him
0: an opportunity to look good, get in a rhythm, and feel positive. And even if they lose the game, at least have him. Don't make him, you know, look terrible. Let him benefit. I think.
1: I think um, they, they what they need to win this weekend to what lock up home
0: field. I believe to right lock. Now? If they if they lose and the Kansas City Chiefs win, then the Chiefs will win the division and get the bye, and the Raiders are going to be the number five wild card.
1: Got you. Which I can't believe it's still up for grabs. With amazing. Dude, Kansas
0: teams. City, man, you got to watch yourself at that team.
1: Yeah, just don't sleep. So yeah, I, you know this win's still important for them. But it's not the end of the world if they do lose.
0: No. Uh, well, so I, I, if they if they if they don't seal up the first round bye, then they're gonna have to go to Houston and play the Texans in a wild card game. Now. Two
1: backups, Tom Savage versus uh, Matt, Matt McGloin.
0: McGloin, Oh my God! Can you believe <laughs> well, that? Who I knew this? I can't make that shit up. Um, I don't know who. I, I mean, they could. I think they could win that game. They could. They could beat the Houston yeah, think, Texans. But
1: I absolutely. I think the look the Broncos. Like I said, that offense. The Broncos' offense right now. Just they're beatable right now. Yeah. I, I, it's worth a shot. But it, like,
0: you know, can you see Oakland beating Kansas City or New England? You know, or Pittsburgh think, for that matter? I uh,
1: think God, you just remind me. I think this is the part that, it, it, granted, it's been the peripheral. It's still the hardest thing for me to take. It's just great. Uh, their their car going down just makes that path for the the Patriots a little bit more downhill slope where they can just you know the, the, who who else is really like, just a lock for that ASD right I'm, now I mean nobody Where's,
0: it's everyone's kind of got their like the most dangerous teams I'm looking at are the Patriots and the Chiefs and the Steelers like the Raiders are. <sighs> I would have said the Raiders. Like the Raiders felt like it felt like a real nice one-two punch with the Patriots and the Raiders. But now without Derek Carr, I can't really feel that way about the Raiders.
1: So it's it it kind of narrows things down for the Patriots to make a a deep run. The Steelers look Steelers look fantastic, and I've said it all I said it all year. Like. They have they kind of underwhelmed a little bit on offense, mm-hmm. but they just have the potential to just blow you out every single yes. time. Yes, at and any they, given
0: time, they, Levy and Bell, Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger can can kill you.
1: And just I mean, just look at what they did to the Ravens this weekend. A good Ravens defense. Dude, the Roethlisberger struggled against the last you know five or six meetings. And but the
0: they, the just, last ten the last ten minutes of the game didn't matter. They just killed him.
1: Absolutely electric. I mean, that was actually probably. I might want to say that was my the most intriguing game to me this weekend. It was like a great watch. game.
0: That was a very entertaining watch, game. Yeah,
1: especially that Antonio Brown catch and just Woo! sheer willpower. Getting face masks and just, you know, brutalized and still scoring a touchdown. That was, the, that, the, was the, a, that was a fun game. It
0: was everything we could expect from an AFC North matchup like that, and the Steelers really made a statement. I mean, they really yeah. kind of made their mark at the end of the game, like, uh-uh, we're the better team this year, we're taking the division, it's over, go home.
1: Yeah, that was pretty good, and Joe Flacco gave it everything he could. I, you know, the defense—they—they they did everything they could, but it was just not enough. So, I, I the Steelers looked dangerous. The Chiefs was actually was going to be probably my other choice and topic was just to talk about can Kansas City carry? You know. This I don't want to say it's luck, but it's just, they just had this knack. Like, on could the they
0: teams. could they win the Super Bowl? You know, it's yeah, like could ah, they I really don't be, know.
1: Like a serious Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I mean they have a knack for making these big plays on special teams and just trick
0: plays. I mean, God, that that that, that touchdown pass. I know, I know.
1: Which is amazing. I mean, but you look at that game. There's just so many big, big, uh, you know, just big moments in terms of the play play wise. But they don't have a. Chug down the field offense like a Patriots. Yeah, or, like
0: sooner or later, or, when are they going to run out of tricks?
1: Something exactly. Something's got to give. So it might, I, I just wonder. Any, as great as that defense is, and big plays as they would make, it still isn't enough. You know, to have to have Alex Smith have just Travis Kelsey really to throw to. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I think he'll be great. But at the same time, he's not... Uh, no, not but when
0: when you're threat. game planning for that in a playoff game and a whole week is leading up to it, you know, is Kansas City going to be able to have enough talent to react and actually still perform when they're playing the Steelers or the exactly. Patriots? And I don't know.
1: Yeah, the question is, is it enough? So, it, you know, the, the scenario in AFC looks... It's still interesting. It's a little bit depressing to not have Carr be a factor in it as yeah, much anymore.
0: I wanted to see but, it. I wanted to see him oh. host a home playoff game, damn it. All right, here. Let's uh, let's pivot to the NFC. Let's talk about the Lions and the Packers. That was going to be our other topic. Um, so that's really the most meaningful, like, you know, kind of winner-go-home, everything's-on-the-line game coming into this weekend. It's been flexed to the Sunday night spot. It's going to be in Detroit. It looks like the winner wins the division. Um, yeah. And what we're also seeing is the, the loser might be going home because – Okay, so whoever wins the game wins the division. The loser will finish 9-7. and seven, And the truth is, if the Washington Redskins win their home game against the New York Giants, the Redskins will get the wild card because they actually yeah. will finish... Ten or excuse me, nine, six, and one, and the loser of the Lions-Packers game will finish nine and seven, and they'll be out of the playoffs. And the Redskins tie will sort of take that wild card spot. Which is laughably amazing. Laughably oh. amazing. I can't believe these things work out that way. So there is a chance oh. that both the Lions and the Packers will get in. It's essentially if the if the Redskins lose. Um, but and they let's, have
1: to tie, don't they? don't they? Don't the Packers and the Lions have to tie for them both to get in? Yes, playoffs if the play.
0: Packers and the Lions tie. They will both get in. Or if or if the Redskins lose. So if the Redskins straight lose, then the Packers and the Lions should both get in. And then there's this extremely rare scenario where the Buccaneers get in, but I'm not even going to consider that because it's so fucking rare. Now, so let's talk about the Packers and the Lions. Let's dwell on this a little bit. So Aaron Rodgers is clearly a man possessed right now. You know, making a statement for an MVP candidacy right now. They're on a tear. They're clearly on a five-game win streak. They're going to Detroit. What do you think? Do the Lions have what? I mean, the Lions have been coming apart at the seams. They've lost two games to the Cowboys and the Giants. Two good teams. But, I mean, they got burned down by the Cowboys last night on Monday Night Football. We said it earlier in this podcast. Do they have what it takes to sort of steal this game from the Packers?
1: I think, I, I really, uh, look, I love the potential that the Lions have. Yeah. I just They've been a good
0: at, feel-good story this year.
1: Yeah, they've had their moments. You know, I, I really, at the end of the day, they'll look at just the one aspect of, they don't have enough. It's just not enough. And I look at all these other teams, you know, coming towards the end of the season, and they're talking about resting guys and put, sitting guys on the bench, mm-hmm. you know, just so they don't get injured. And the Lions can't afford to do that. They they don't have enough pieces, you know, just, and I'm sure these guys are tired. I'm sure these guys are beat up. And they've got to go against teams like the Packers now, who are kind of getting their second wind. they got guys coming back from injuries mm-hmm. and are fresh and, you know, just inspired, and they have something to really, you know, they, they're playing for, you know. I play for pride here.
0: Yeah, uh, I,
1: I I I just looked at the Packers uh, versus the Vikings and just watched. I don't even. It's hard to see if the Vikings had that many miscommunications on defense, mm-hmm. as opposed to just Aaron Rodgers hitting guys wide open over and over. Oh and my over God, again. dude! Just repeated, just a just brutalizing them to the point where you've got no choice that Sam Bradford's got to air that football out. I mean, yeah. You know, the Sam Bradford airing the football out is kind of not a thing that happens. But I, I, I'm i remiss to see, especially with that Vikings defense playing well and forcing turnovers and scoring points off the turnovers, you know, Matt is going to have to play like the fucking game of his life. Yeah. To make and this is this
0: is, this is a Packer team right now where their defense is looking good. Like their defense yeah. is getting turnovers. Their defense is making plays. Like they look hungry. Yeah, and Zach Zenner. I don't know if he's going to be able to run on Julius Peppers and Clay Matthews. Like I don't see that happening, even in Detroit.
1: No, I, it, 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 it's it's a very small order, as I guess what I'm saying. I, I think the line. It's entirely possible that they could, you know, shock the world and win this game. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to be
0: the man that he
1: always is, he's always on point. You're always going to get his best. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Jordy Nelson, Jordy Nelson finally seems to Dude. kind of and gotten back to that form that they've had forever. Yeah. Locked
0: in. And this um, Packers they're team, like the best. they're just, yeah. they're hot at the right time. They're hot at the right time, whereas the Lions are not. The Lions' record is 9-6. and six, or, You know, it's it's flashy, but I'm actually, I'm looking at their schedule right now. And I'm looking at their wins, and everything is fluff, man. Look at this: they beat the Colts, <laughs> they beat the Eagles, they beat the Rams, the Redskins, and then they went on a five-game win streak. Are you ready for this? The Vikings, the Jaguars, the Vikings, the Saints, and the Bears, and so then they, they lose. Beat the team supposed to exactly, and then they lost to the Giants and the Cowboys, the good teams that are actually trying to compete for a Super Bowl. Like, you know, the, like the Lions. It's just too little, too late. They've they've had a lot of. They got a lot to be hopeful for, but this Packers team, man, they are a juggernaut, and it's like just get the hell out of the way. Yeah. I think you're right. I think I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to just kill them, and I think that it's gonna. I think the Redskins will. You know, I think the Redskins can pull out this game on the Giants, and then you might see the Lions out of the playoffs.
1: You might see some crazy shit I because now, the, I imagine, yeah.
0: And now, I, this is the next thing we get into. I'm gonna. I want to go into our picks because this week 17. Very strange week. I want us to think about this a little bit before we just say, oh, this is the better team, they're going to win, because that's not the case. There's a lot of teams out there that aren't competing, and this kind of becomes preseason football. And, you know, like, you know, they put in third-string guys and fourth-string guys, and they're like, ah, oh, whatever, fuck it, we don't care if we lose, we're already in the playoffs. <laughs> you know, like, you're going to, like, I'm curious, like, can the Redskins beat the Giants because the Giants aren't going to play? Because Giants are like, this game means nothing to us. The Redskins are trying to get into the playoffs. Do we care enough to play spoiler? I don't, I don't know. Like, are the, you know, are the Dolphins of the Patriots actually going to come play? I, I don't really know. And so, you know, I have this feeling of, the, can the the Redskins can just clean up this game against the Giants and you know the Lions end up losing, and then all of a sudden the Redskins have the wild card? It could be a little crazy. It could be a little crazy. Do we uh, – um, yeah, I don't. I think both of us feel that the Packers are going to take this game.
1: Yeah, I look at this as like this is an NBA situation where that defender jumps to stop the guy from dunking, but he jumps a little too early, so he's on his way down and that guy's still going up. Mm-hmm
0: and it's just, it's just good 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 look goes in swish bucket for two yeah all right uh let's go to our week 17 picks let's start out uh so my espn's logged in as me it knows that the eagles are my favorite team so uh, uh that's the game it's on the top uh, uh afternoon game cowboys eagles um both teams technically don't have anything to play for uh two questions number one who you got number two are we going to see tony romo in this game
1: well, Jerry Jones is talking about Tony Romo like, uh, like he's not gonna get the playing time. Like, it seems like everyone's poised to have Dak get the reps, just because he still only played fifteen games. He's still a rookie. Yeah. As sensational but, as he's
0: been, I know. I can't, a I can't see them having injury. him play the whole game. Like, are you gonna trot Sanchez out there for like a quarter or two?
1: I, I think it's valid. I think you might see even. Uh, it's mostly a run affair. That they might just have Ezekiel Elliott it down for us for a while also you we know, can also remember um I think Darren, Darren McFadden or Darren McFadden is um he's healthy again he's activated yeah and so and,
0: I and also noticed Alfred Morris well. didn't play like is Alfred Morris hurt
1: I'm not sure I I'm not gonna, I, he, I think he, maybe he they were really just really getting really
0: they were getting run DMC work
1: yeah I think McFadden's um oh, look he had a thousand yards last year behind that sensational offensive line so I think they can they can spell Elliott. They can definitely spell Prescott if they want to. You know, at this point, you're playing for you, to, to pad the record. Yeah, just to pad the, the record.
0: But I mean, do you think they actually win the game, or do you think they just take a loss against the Eagles and say whatever?
1: It's a good question. I I, I think they're going to come out there and play their best. I think they're gonna I think they're going to try and win this thing.
0: Do you Do you think they will win?
1: I do think the Cowboys are going to win okay. this
0: one. I'm going to pick the Eagles. I think the Eagles are going to play for pride, and I think the Cowboys are going to pull their starters and you know what, good, good, have fun with the Eagles, and, you know, avoid 10 losses this season, go Eagles,
1: great year, guys,
0: dude, you don't want to have, you don't want to have any of those situations, especially, even, we didn't even mention Marcus Mariota, who also broke his leg this past weekend, and there's, I mean, at least they're not going to the playoffs, there's, there's kind of a, a, a bittersweet, like, at least they're not missing out on that, but. Still, rough end to a, a great season for Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, next up, okay, Ravens Bengals. Who we uh, got? This
1: is a tough one, just because you know these are two teams again. These, this is these really tricky because neither pride. of
0: these teams are playing for anything. It's, it's kind of interesting. A, pride,
1: a pride-based game. It, it, it's weird, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to lean Ravens on this just because Joe Flacco's looked good in the last few weeks. He looks almost like that Joe Flacco from the Super Bowl run that they had, Mm -hmm. where he's, you know, not only is he throwing the ball deep, like he's throwing it deep with confidence, but he's hitting a lot of just open receivers, like he's on the money, and Kenneth Dixon's running as hard as hell right now, so I I like just a lot of the pieces on this Ravens team, who, you know, next year, if they can kind of put this thing together, might be a serious, serious, playoff contending team but um okay I like them a little bit more than the Bengals right now I'm gonna go Ravens all right
0: I'll go Ravens as well you convinced me I think they have a better offense I I mean their offense is not saying much actually I think the Bengals probably have a better offense but I think that defense combined with uh the off uh, really I don't have much respect for Cincinnati's defense this year and I think Joe Flacco can actually make something out of nothing you know you combine that with you know, Jeremy Hill getting stuffed by the Ravens' D. I think it'll be a little bit of a smash-mouth game, but I'm going with the Ravens as well. Uh, Houston Texans going to Tennessee to play the Titans. This would have been a meaningful game, a do-or-die, every winner-take-all, but now it's kind of meaningless. Texans have locked up the division. Marcus Mariota's not playing. Um, who wins? Shaka, who you got? This
1: one, again, you know, again, this is a touch race. Mariota, you got to feel for him. It didn't look like much of a tackle. And lo long behold, he's done for the season, um, I, I, it's tough. Matt Castle's not exactly a, a great standard. And again, statement.
0: Houston doesn't want to get anybody hurt.
1: Exactly. Um, Tom Savage is, you know, what you got right now. Uh, and I think I think uh, the Houston running back, I think uh, Mal, uh, Lamar Miller is... I
0: think, he's he, I think they're problem. arresting him.
1: So yeah, it, it, it's it's looking.
0: You think the Titans will up. take it? I
1: think the Titans are just expecting to run the football a lot with uh, with Henry and you know the the combo. Mm-hmm. They've really got nothing left. Right? You don't throw the football too often. You throw some short passes. You maybe get Delaney Walker involved every now and then. Mm-hmm. I think they just run the football down uh, Texans' throats. I see Houston pride game. You
0: you think Houston's gonna gonna take it?
1: They're gonna come out here and try and win one for uh, Marcus. All right. Okay. Did you say Houston or did you say Tennessee? Ten- I'm going Tennessee. You're
0: point. going Tennessee. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna also go Tennessee. I think you make a good point. I was thinking the Texans, but you know what? On the road, they're saving their starters. Titans are are good with the run game anyway. I like that. I'm going Tennessee as well. Uh, Panthers Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Neither team. I mean, Tampa Bay technically needs to win if they want to stay alive. Uh, I mean, who you got?
1: Um man, this yeah, the, you're not kidding. This week this week seventeen is Like
0: it's it's, it's sort some, of it's kinda like well, maybe we shouldn't even overthink it. Like
1: it, it's got some hand ringers man. Um James Winston did not look amazing in that last game. He he, he kinda folded a little bit under the pressure, I think. hmm. Um I still I'm still a big fan. I still think we haven't seen his best season yeah i think he's gonna have a monster season you know maybe not next year but it's coming like, it's coming yeah uh i mean i i, 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 I i'm still leaning tampa bay in this one yeah
0: it's i think just, i think they'll like take the this game.
1: game i i think they're overall top to bottom they just have you know more put together team the defense is way better it's infinitely better and i think you know you might not see cam newton for an entire game i don't see a plane getting him injured yeah you know this
0: no, I, I, a in I a think, game. I think Tampa Bay will clean the ge- clean this up, walk home with it. Um, Jaguars, Colts. Ugh. I mean, I think this Colts. Yeah, this is another Colts game. This is why are you know we might need to zip through this. This is getting. I feel like I'm getting dirty talking about it.
1: I, I think I've had enough Blake Bortles for one season to uh, to wrap it up. I'm, I'm going to go with the Colts in this one. Andrew Lux probably playing for pride in this one, and you know, just a fighter all the way through.
0: Yeah, Patriots Dolphins in Miami.
1: Ooh, even with uh, even if he rest Tom Brady in the starters, I just I still like this team more than I like Matt Moore going the other way. I, even like I like Adam Gacy, but I think Belichick just. He just draws up a good battle plan no matter what. I think they're
0: going to try and take a W. Okay. I'm going with the Patriots as well. I think that you're right. Even with Tom Brady playing a quarter, they'll still figure out a way to win. Uh, Bears-Vikings in Minnesota.
1: Sorry, I missed that one. What was that?
0: Oh, I'm going with the Patriots. And the next one is Chicago Bears-Minnesota Vikings.
1: Bears-Vikings. I didn't hear the first part. Um, Matt Barkley's played a lot better than I gave him credit for. I don't know if that's just garbage time numbers or what, but I – God, I didn't even pay attention to this game last week. I just looked at the numbers. Um, still, I, I, the, the Vikings. The, the, this has just been an absolute shit show of a season for them. I, I think they they want to kind of end this on some kind of positive note. They? Yeah, they, they, they probably they're gonna come out and put everything they've got on the field. Yeah, and I think
0: there's gonna be a good defensive output by Minnesota. I,
1: I think the Vikings are gonna throw everything they have behind this. The Bears looks kind of dead in the water. The last few weeks, even though they've been competitive, I, I I still don't have any confidence in that team. They need they need work. Yeah. I'm gonna go with the Vikings. You I'm know, gonna
0: go with, with the Vikings it. too. And congratulations to Sam Bradford for actually playing a full season. It's really they been knew. It's really a been a while since we've seen him do that. I can't believe it. <laughs> and everything about him still average. He's going to be eight and eight at the end of it if they pull yeah, out. This he's a
1: great, he's a great backup.
0: Yeah, I'm picking the Vikings as well. Uh, Bills, Jets in the non-farewell game to Rex Ryan.
1: I honest to guys, I'm just going to throw this out there. I, I would just like to see Christian Hackenberg for even if it was just a series or two, just to see what the hell he looks like because they see he's incredibly raw and not ready. But Bryce Petty's down with a torn labrum. He's done for the season. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not coming back next year. I don't see the point of playing this. like you trying to win it.
0: So, like, so, play Christian Hackenberg.
1: They're not going to. Um, Todd Bowles already announced that Fitzpatrick is a starter. He's announced Hackenberg.
0: To oh, it man. Too.
1: So, it's it, uh, just, I, I kind of yeah. just throw my hands up and just say, fuck it. Um,
0: I mean, do you think the Jets have a chance at winning this game? <sighs>
1: Yes, I'm actually going to go with my Jets to end the season. All right. The, uh, Fitzpatrick's playing for uh, a backup role somewhere next year. All right,
0: all right. I'm going to go with the Bills. I think that the talent there, even without Rex Ryan, is going to be enough to to take the W. Um, Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Oh, this is, uh, this is kind of a gimme look. I'm happy the Browns won a game. I think you see Le'Veon Bell for a series, just to prove a point. Uh, maybe longer. But either way, even if you sit Le'Veon Bell, you still got to worry about um, D'Angelo Williams as his backup. This is pretty fucking good. Pretty Last good. My check. Um, I'm going with the Browns. I'm sorry, not the Browns. I'm with the Steelers all the way here.
0: I'm going with the Steelers as well. Even with the stars for half the game, it's still going to be enough for the W. New Orleans Saints, Atlanta Falcons.
1: Uh, New Orleans is playing this one for pride. I think they're going to throw everything they've got. Atlanta. So Atlanta's probably got no choice but to play at the starters for a little bit longer than they hope for. Um, I'm actually going to go with New Orleans on this one. You're going
0: to go with the Saints.
1: I'm going to go with the Saints on this one. They, you know, this is, this is for pride and you know, I know Mark Ingram wants to rush for a thousand yards. He's almost there. He's got 60 yards left to, to get
0: there. I'm going to go so. with the Falcons. I think they've got too much firepower, and they don't want to. They're they're not they're not taking their foot off the gas. I'm going with Atlanta fair enough um Giants Redskins in Washington
1: by all conventions I'd be a fool to go against the Giants they just have a a superior team the Redskins are playing for uh playing for all the marbles. I'm still gonna go with the Giants though the Giants they they need to kind of get this one locked in and done and but you know make the ground underneath them a little more firm they need this win all
0: right uh I'm gonna go with the Redskins I think they are desperate enough for that playoff spot and I think Jay Gruden can wake his team up and uh you know, it find enough ways to put points on the board through that Giants offense. Or, excuse me, Giants defense. Okay. I'm um, a little shaky
1: on the, on the Redskins these days. Uh, Jordan Reed, I think, is, I, mean, I think, he's up this season
0: in. Yeah, I mean, I've been shaky too, but I'm just... I, I hate both of those fucking teams, and I don't... I just, I'm just kind <laughs> of... I'm given the benefit of the doubt that Washington can pull a rabbit out of their ass. All right. Um, Cardinals, Rams... Jesus, some of these games are... Who cares? cares? I
1: I, I don't care. I'm going to pick the the Cardinals. Cardinals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Raiders, Broncos.
1: Um, I still say Raiders. The Broncos have no offense right now, and they've really got to prove that there's something.
0: I'm uh, I'm picking Um, Raiders, too. I think you're right. I think they can still run all over them, and there's a lot more there than just Derek Carr. I mean, I don't know if it's enough to win the Super Bowl, but there's a lot more there. It's
1: a big question.
0: Uh, Chiefs, Chargers.
1: Um, I'm still gonna have to go with the Chiefs, I My yeah. Defense is too good. So is too prone to mistakes.
0: They've got they've got too much to play for. The Chiefs. They've got an opportunity for a first round bye. They're gonna take that victory. Seahawks. Yep. Niners. Seahawks need a win
1: just to kind of. They, they look shaky as shit. I think they lost two or three. They don't look good going into the playoffs right now. They need yeah. a W. I'm gonna go Seahawks.
0: I'm picking the Seahawks as well. And then Sunday night football: Packers Lions, which I think we both agreed we're going with the Green Bay Packers. Packers.
1: Packers, they look too good
0: right now. All right, man. That's it. Week seventeen. It's in the books. I think uh, it's time to sign off. We're at about an hour, ten minutes right now. How's uh, how you feeling? Are you at a good good closing point, Shaka? I,
1: I think um, I think I'm happy where we're at. I'm, I'm curious to see some of the outcomes, especially
0: these games that really don't mean shit. I, yes, I, I, know, I, just that, Raven, that,
1: that Ravens Bengals game, even.
0: Yeah, like I want to see who puts who who trots some of their starters out and who doesn't. You know, who actually makes a game of it. You know, listen, I still love football, but week 17, it's a very strange week. It's always very strange. There's a lot of teams who've already sort of packed their bags for the for the offseason.
1: Yeah, the shadow of injury that came from last weekend, I think, really is going to kind of flip the switch for a few teams to really shut their guys down. Dude, so, I, it'll be interesting to see who plays and who doesn't.
0: Dude, you, nailed, you hit the nail on the head. Um, All right, that's it. We're signing off. That's Sam Sports Podcast for today. Thank you for listening. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. As always, subscribe to Sam Sports Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Uh, Like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station or email me at samsportsstation at gmail.com. Hit us up with mailbag questions. Any thoughts, uh, uh, opinions, criticisms? Shaka and I like to hear all of it. Enjoy week 17. This one should be very, very interesting. Uh, Shaka, are there any closing thoughts you want to leave us with?
1: let um, wish you guys a happy new year. Much success. Uh, plenty of family time and love for all of you in the new year. Uh, and Enjoy the games.
0: Yeah, enjoy the games. Happy new year to everyone. We'll be back right after the new year to break down uh, week 17 and also to talk about the wild card games as well. But in the meantime... Enjoy the end of the 2016 regular season of football, everyone. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. See you guys.